Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. Uh, we'll be reading verses 1 through 9 and verses 18 to 23. Uh, and it's talking about the, the parable of the uh, sower and the four soils. Now, I have a different, hopefully have a little different approach to this this morning, so we'll see what happens when it's all over. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. And while all the people stood on the shore, then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he scattered the seed, some fell along the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil, sprang up quickly, but the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked uh, the plants, and still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Now, one of the things that we understand in sowing uh, in, in those days was it was broadcast. You know, it was like you had, a, you had a bag of seed and you would take it and you would throw it. You know, like today we would wonder, well, why on earth would you plant seed on a rocky ground or a, on a hard surface or things like that? Well, they would sow their seed in the areas that was their field, but in the sowing of the seed, some of it would get in other areas other than just where they were sowing it. So if you're broadcasting seed, the wind can move it, it can be blown in other areas, or you're sowing along the, the edges of the field, and it, and it ends up in different areas. So it isn't like our seeding today where it's a drop, broadcast, you know, drop spreading and planting that way. So <clears throat> then in verses 18 to 23, uh, Jesus is now explaining what this parable means. He said, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who receives the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he, he lasts only a short time. When trouble and persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who receives the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but worries of this life and deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who receives the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. It produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Now, seed... One definition of seed, in which I think most of us are familiar, is a grain of a plant used for sowing, planting in the ground. We generally think of seed as, you know, if you're planting a vegetable garden or planting corn or oats or wheat or tomatoes or whatever, you're generally taking a seed, putting it in the ground and, you know, letting it grow. But another definition of a seed is a source of development or growth. And this is the seed that we're talking about, that there is a source of development or growth that is planted in every one of us. So every one of us has a seed of potential. Every one of us has a seed of 
of, 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 as a source of development and growth. So whenever you think of the Word of God being planted in your life, it is that which is given to us as a source of development and growth. So everybody say, source of development and growth. Ready? Source of development and growth. Again, source of development and growth. So seed of the Word of God is planted in us as a source of development and growth. So when Jesus preached this sermon or gave this um, story, this parable to uh, those who were uh, watching or those who were seated around the, the lake shore, it was the same day that he had preached the sermon in a previous chapter. So there was a number of people and a number of stories going around or being explained by Jesus in this, this uh, day-long event that he is conducting here by the sea. And it was there in this preceding chapter and in this same setting that the religious people had come and they had a question. They said, Jesus... Teacher, we want to see a miracle sign from you. As if this is going to be the seed that would be sown in their life to sway them in a, in a, a way that they would believe in Jesus. Well, they were not going to use a miracle as a source of development or growth because they didn't like what Jesus had to say. They were, and we'll find out in just a moment, they were blind to what Jesus was saying, and they were deaf to what he had to say. So whenever we see this going on in this parable, what does it take then to believe? What does it take for you and I to believe? What does it take to sway your opinion in, in your life? And what does it take to sway the opinion of others whenever we are trying to give them seeds that will provide for an opportunity of growth and development in their lives. What does it take? Sometimes we're like the Pharisees, or the religious people. All I need is a miracle. <clears throat> All I need is a miracle. If I have a miracle, then I'll believe, and it will sway me, and I'll, I'll have this foundational experience that will just be wonderful for me, and a miracle will make it happen. Well, we know that miracles don't change people's lives because if you know the stories in the life of Jesus, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, the religious people said, you know, we've got to kill him now. He's just becoming too powerful. So the miracle is not what sways us. We find that it is the seed that God sows into our lives. So Jesus states there is no miracle except... There is no miracle except, everybody say, except. See, this is class participation today, because I know it's hot, and you'll go to sleep, and that's not happening. So everybody say, except. All right, so there is no miracle except, Jesus says, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the huge fish, the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. There is no miracle except the resurrection of Jesus Christ as a sign. You're looking for a sign? Here's your sign. <laughs> it's a little joke there. Here's your sign. 
And the sign is, Jesus is risen from the dead. Confession. Whenever we confess our sins and ask Christ to forgive us, we are saying in our spirit and in our life that Jesus is alive. If he were not alive, how could he forgive us? And if Jesus were not alive, then, then I mean, he, he being alive states to us that his sacrifice on the cross was what I need for the forgiveness of sin in my life. Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith comes by hearing the word of God. We are receiving the source of development or growth. We are receiving the source of development or growth, the seed of our faith. So what happens in this parable? Well, the disciples ask Jesus a question. Why do you speak in parables? Why don't you just come out and tell us exactly what you want? Tell us exactly what you are saying. And he has this. The knowledge of heaven is in the parables. The knowledge of heaven is in the parables. The parable between the earthly story and the spiritual truth. He says, know this, verse 12. Whoever has will be given more. And he will have abundance. And whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken from him. Now, it doesn't sound like a a good thing unless you're a farmer. You see... I remember the story that the, the, the farmer went to the, you know, he's trying to, you know, get an advance because he needs help on his crops and stuff. And so he goes to the, goes to the, the bank and he wants to borrow money. He says, well, you can't do that. So he goes to the dirt. He goes to the earth. And, and he goes to the earth and says, I need an advance on, on, on next, next fall's crop, on next fall's harvest. And, and, the, and the ground replies, don't tell, me your, don't tell me your need. Show me your seed. <laughs> plant your seed and and that's what we're looking at here so what did the religious people want they wanted a miracle Jesus tells the disciples that the religious leaders character and he tells them about their request in verse 14 and 15 he says this is in the message bible quote your ears are open but you don't hear a thing Your eyes are awake, but you don't see anything. The people are blockheads. They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They screw their eyes shut so they won't have to look. They considered the seed as only farming and planting. Not that Jesus was presenting seed of personal development and growth and change. Now, when you read the story and you don't have the explanation, people say, well, that's just about a farmer sowing seed and it means nothing. But whenever you get into the explanation, we start understanding that life has a purpose. Whenever we start seeing that God is involved in our lives and his word has a a place in our heart, we find that it begins to take on, our life takes on a different perspective. You see, they considered themselves, the the religious leaders and the religious people of the time of Jesus, they considered themselves above this this peasant teacher 
who didn't agree with their ideas and they were not going to agree with his. So the great thing in verse 16 and 17, Jesus says to, the, to his disciples and to you and I, but you have God-blessed eyes, eyes that see, and God-blessed ears, ears that hear. So there is a difference. There is a perspective that comes to us through what God's word and his spirit teach us. You see, it's more than just what we see. It's more than what, just what we hear. It's, our life is more than just the accumulation of things and the disbursement of things. Our life is about that influence upon our life, the Word of God's influence upon our life, and the lives of others. Last week was 4th of July. Uh, do you think our founding fathers, you know, Benjamin Franklin, Jefferson. Who are the five signers of the Constitution? Anybody remember? I can't remember right off. But do you think those individuals, do you think those individuals understood the effects of what that, that declaration would mean to us when they signed it in 1776? Do you think they understood it? No, they understood the implication of what was going on in their life at that time period, but they had no concept of how far out, how far reaching that declaration would be. When people do good things, it has a far reaching effect, a positive effect upon people's lives. Think about your ancestors and your relatives and the good people in that lineage. How much has that had an effect upon your life and upon what you do and what you say and where you go? Think about the people who have made a difference in your life. Do you think it was uh, you know, some miraculous event or was it the planting of seed? Planting of seeds. Hmm. So the disciples know this story to be a story of personal development and change from the inside out. Verse 18. Verse 18 says, Study this story of the farmer planting seed. Study this story of the farmer planting seed. So, let's understand it. You and I are both the farmer sowing the seed, and you and I are the soil receiving the seed. So we're both. We're not just one or the other. We are both. We are planting the seed. We are sowers of the seed. We talk about it. Every one of us has an impact upon the people around us. You have a field. (laughs) You have a field. Who is the field? All of your friends and families, the places you work, places you go. Everyone you have an effect upon. That's your field. That's where you sow your seed. And you see, and we know that in that, and as we are sowing our seed, We are giving from what we have received. So how has that seed of God's word given you hope? And that's what you give in the lives of others. You see, we have a choice with what what is presented by God in our lives. We have a choice. Every one of us choose what we will do with our faith and with the substance of our faith. To be like the religious leaders and the sinners who refuse to accept what the gospel says who refused to allow the influence of Jesus and his words upon their life, they refused to allow it to change them. 
It's called willful blindness and selective hearing. Now, how many women believe that you know men who have selective hearing? <laughs> I mean, all right. Yeah, so, how many men know that women have willful blindness? I don't see that. Yeah, it's okay. All right. So, you see, we all have our our, our ideas of selective hearing and, 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 and willful blindness. And, and Jesus was telling the um, disciples that there are these, these type of individuals. So we all know people who mock our faith, who mock our beliefs, who kind of stand and become critical of our confession of Christ, and, and even your coming to church. Some people are very critical of that. But verse 18, Jesus says, study this story of the farmer planting seed. Study this story of God's word being sown into our lives. You see, the word of God becomes the source of development and growth. The scriptures become the source of our personal development and growth. The Word of God is eternal. And when that Word enters our life, it has an eternal effect. It has an eternal benefit. It doesn't pass away with time. It doesn't pass away with your death. It is eternal and and it continues to work in our lives for eternity. And it has an effect upon everyone. Jesus says, my Word will never pass away. And whenever we sow his word, it has an effect upon the people that it is given to. Everyone who hears the word must make a decision with that word. Everyone. Verse 20 and 21. The seed cast in the gravel. This is a person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there is no soil of character. This translation says, there is no soil of character. So, when the emotions wear off and some difficulties arrive, there is nothing to show for it and they let it go. My whole sermon is built around this little phrase. There is no soil of character. How do you make soil? How do you make dirt? How do you make dirt for your garden? You go to Lowe's and Home Depot and buy a bag, right? (laughs) How do you make dirt? What? Mulch. That's the word I was looking for. Mulch. So what is mulch? It's a combination of leaves, grass, a little dirt, a little air, a little water, whatever, and you put it in there and you make dirt with mulch. So, compost. So how do you make spiritual soil? There is no soil of character. How do you make spiritual soil for your seed of faith to grow? Now you see, all of us have seed, And all of us fit into these categories of one of these four types of soil. But, you know, we are all either... What happened in the great dust bowl out in the West? 
What happened? They tore up the soil, and what happened? Entered a drought. Wind came along and blew away the topsoil. Left them, you know, devastated in their growing of crops. So what happens to our soil? How do we keep it? How do we irrigate it? How then do we develop the soil of our life, our understanding, and our faith? You see, but there is no soil of character. No soil of character. Now, the seed, we all have seed. Every one of us have seed. Seed comes from hearing the word, reading the word, singing the word, praying the word, worshiping. Seed is given to you. It is given to us by God through the word through the, and, and being planted through the preaching and teaching and reading and Bible studies and devotionals and all that. It's being planted. But how do you make spiritual soil of character for the seed to grow in? Well, lest you think that this is just uh, an idea that comes from Scripture, I, I receive these uh, online things about personal development, personal growth, success, those, those types of emails that come from different writers and different authors. This one is from Jim, from Jim Rowan, R-O-H-N, his new later, newsletter, and this is his Vitamins for the Mind, okay? Uh, and it's on success principles, all right? But this is his Vitamins for the Mind, basic fundamentals. Success is neither magical nor myster- mysterious, Success is the natural consequences of consistently applying basic fundamentals. Success is the natural consequence of consistently applying basic fundamentals. There are no new fundamentals. You've got to be a little suspicious of someone who says, I've got a new fundamental. That's like someone inviting you to a Torah factory where they are manufacturing antiques. Okay, you can laugh a little bit. Smile. Some things you have to do, some things you have to do every day. Eating seven apples on Saturday night instead of one a day just isn't going to get the job done. Success is nothing more than a few simple disciplines practiced every day. Success is nothing more than a few simple disciplines practiced every day, while failure is a simply a few errors in judgment repeated every day. It is the cumulative weight of our disciplines, the cumulative weight of our disciplines and our judgments that lead us to either fortune or failure. So, How do you make, create soil? Soil of character. Jesus is using the story of the farmer. And the story of the farmer is not magical and it's not mysterious. It's not some divine lightning bolts from heaven and fire coming down. It It is the story of the farmer. And what is the story of the farmer? A farmer has seed and he plants it in the ground. Hmm. What's magical about that? If success is nothing more than a few simple disciplines practiced every day, what is the natural consequence of sowing seed? 
What is the natural consequence of sowing seed? It grows. I always say, you know, doing lawns, you know, doing my, my, my yard. If, if you just saw my yard when I started, <laughs> you know, it was pathetic. But, uh, you know, I planted and all that stuff. And then we had an inch of rain in a half hour and took a tractor trailer load, literally a triaxle load of dirt to fill in the, fill in the ruts and ravines and all that stuff. But what do you do? You keep planting seed. What do you do with, with, whenever there's not enough grass? You plant seed. What do you do when you've got a lot of weeds? You plant grass. What do you do when it's not, you know, it's dead like this? Well, in the fall, you'll plant grass. You keep planting seed. You keep planting seed, and seed will grow. And the idea is there are no new fundamentals, but there are proven principles for thousands of years that the Scripture is telling us. And how many make... How do you make spiritual soil? Every time you respond according to the Word of God. Every time we respond according to the Word of God, you build character. What does character do? Creates the soil of character. And what happens in the soil of character? The Word of God grows. Let's use forgiveness for an example. How many times are you supposed to forgive? Once. Okay. (laughs) How many times are you supposed to forgive? Seventy times seven. Which is, no, that was a, most of the time, and when this was written, they thought four or five times was about as good as it gets. When Jesus said 70 times seven, he was meaning continuous. Now, when you're, whenever we have, I always do this. You have an event. This is the event line. And this is the pain line. So you have an event and you have a pain. And what happens? They're at their peak. So what are you supposed to do? Forgive. Thank you very much. So you're supposed to forgive. So the event and the pain are at their heights. You forgive. What happens? It disappears and it all goes away and you never remember it again. No, it doesn't go away, and you remember it. And what happens when you remember it again? What are you supposed to do? Forgive. forgive. How many times are you supposed to forgive? You're supposed to forgive until the pain goes away. Seventy times seven. Or how long does it take for you to live long enough to forgive them so you no longer feel hurt by that person? You always will remember because you don't have a magic eraser. But you see, the pain will go away. That's where the forgiveness comes. And every time you forgive, what are you doing? You're building the soil of character. And where does our faith grow? Where does the seed of God's word grow? It grows in the soil of character. And the soil of character, then, is where the seed and the word of God come together and they grow. So, where is that word of God in your life? Is it on the hard road surface? So the word of God comes to us, the scriptures. We talked about forgiveness. Well, what happens to people who refuse to forgive? That lands on the hard road of of life. Word of God comes, 
lands there, this, you know, because the sower is sowing seed, and it, you know, the wind is there, and it's not only falling on good soil, it's being driven, you know, it's drifted over, and it's on the road. Well, what happens on the road? It says the devil will come and pluck it up, like the birds that come and eat all the seed. And our neighbors, uh, neighbors down the road, they have the fields and so on. And it was always interesting after they, uh, after they planted their fields, there were all these turkeys <laughs> in the fields. <laughs> and I was thinking, you need to get a gun out there and scare them off. I doesn't say you need to shoot them and have turkey for supper. I said scare them off. So what, what are they doing? They're eating the seed. And what happens whenever you have seed that falls on the, on, on, on the hard ground? The devil comes along and takes it off because I'm not going to forgive them. I'm not going to let it go. Ah, that's hard ground. The second seed, forgiveness, is on the gravel area where it's an emotional high and when the emotions wear off, the bitterness comes back. That's why we forgive, we forgive, and we forgive again. That's why the Bible tells us to love, love, and love some more. And that we are to forgive as we have been forgiven. We are to love as God has loved us. We are reflecting what God has given us. So, forgiveness. Um, the weeds of worry. This one is uh, the weeds of worry. Sows into the, the thorny ground. The weeds of worry and um, illusion about getting more and wanting everything. Strangles it. These are the kind of forgiveness that goes along, well, you know what, I'm going to tell them I forgave, and in my heart I really don't, but everybody will think I've done a good job, and they'll like me, and they'll think I'm really spiritual. Hmm. That doesn't last either. So where has hatred and unforgiveness gotten people? You see, spiritual principles. Now, we read about success. Success is just doing what? Success is nothing more than a few simple disciplines repeated every day. What have people done with hatred and, 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 and backbiting and, and hurt and despair? They have allowed it to fester in their lives and it destroys them. Godly principles change us from the inside out and we are not doing them. God is doing them, working them in our life. So success is a few simple disciplines practiced every day. Seed cast on good earth. The seed of God's word Put, on, put in the good part of our life. God, by your help. We need God's help to do this. I will keep forgiving. I will keep letting it go. I will love God. I will love people. I will allow His love to flow through my life. I will change my character. God is the only one who can change us. And whenever we apply the character of God's word and the, and, and, the, and the principles of God's word to our life and we practice them every day, we are building the good soil of our life. Now, what happens whenever you have good soil? A deep, deep good soil. What happens? What? Stuff grows. <laughs> When the seed has good soil, it grows. Verse 23 says, The seed cast planted on the good earth is the person who hears and takes in the good news. Okay? Then what happens? He produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. The scripture says, what does it say? Some, he produces a crop a hundred fold, 60 fold, 
or 30 times what was sown? How many would like to have a hundredfold on what you sent, what you put in the ground? How many would like to have 60% yield, 30% yield? So what is going on is that the Word of God is being planted in our lives and we are, as we allow the Word to affect us and we make decisions based on the Word of God, we are creating good soil, good soil of character. And in the good soil of character, something happens. The seed of God's Word flourishes. And when the seed of God's Word flourishes, we reap a harvest. We reap a harvest, a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold, thirty times what we planted, a hundred times what we planted. That's success in the kingdom of God and any kingdom. It is the growth of our own personal character produces a harvest beyond our wildest dreams. Our heart is in the soil. Our heart is the soil of our lives. Character is what we do. What we do with Christ, what we do with God's word matters. So create good soil. Create good soil. Create good soil by making right choices based on God's word and it has a lasting effect upon your life. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. It's not by might nor by power, but by God's Spirit. We find that there is a growth in inside of us, that we're not so caught up with what is happening in life as how the God's Word enables us to respond to it. Godly character is created by responding with the Word of God. In the Scripture, when Jesus was tempted by the devil, He said what? It is written. And as we make decisions on the written word of God. It changes us forever. This life and the life to come. So seed is a source of development or growth. The seed of God's word is the source of our development and our growth. Good soil produces a great harvest. Plant God's word in your life and your character. And what is the result? What we have will be added to. Some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. That's quite an increase. We take the harvest. We use it. We use it and we plant it. We use it and we plant it. To he who has, much will be given. You see, when you take what you have, plant it in the soil of God's character in us, it multiplies and multiplies and multiplies again. He who has, much will be given. To the person who, doesn't, who has and doesn't plant it, it will be taken away. That's the person whose character never changes with the word of God. God is saying, take what I have given you. Use it to change your life. Allow my spirit to make it real to you and you will change from the inside out. Plant the word of God in the godly character of your life. Make good soil and see the godly effect of right decisions upon your life. 
the godly effect of right decisions. It will change us from the inside out.